I think in large part, our growth, especially the last couple of years, has come from people discovering the amazing assets that already exist here. We have an incredible workforce pipeline of nearly 60,000 college students in our state. We have a high concentration of PhDs as a result of our scientific and technological community. So I think there's a number of reasons that that has been on people's radars recently. And I think that that's going to continue to move forward, especially after this pandemic situation, because Albuquerque is also a low cost opportunity for both companies and talented professionals. This is Fabiola Florenville with Blueprint Creative Group, and you are tuning in to the Economic Development Podcast, where we're now talking about shifting from response towards recovery and resiliency. And today's guest is Anne-Marie Hinton with the Albuquerque Economic Development Organization. How are you, Anne-Marie? I'm doing really well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, so thanks for joining. So um, let's talk about your region. Obviously, New Mexico has received a lot of recognition uh, in the past few years uh, for growth and for certain growth in in your targeted industries as well. So um, obviously, your region, your community has benefited from it. What do you think was the pivot or the milestone that shifted things for your state and your region? Well, the Albuquerque metro area specifically, we have nearly a million people in our metro area. It is the the biggest city in the state of New Mexico. And our organization specifically, I just want to clarify, at Albuquerque Economic Development, Inc., we are a private nonprofit economic development organization. So we're funded by the local business community to create jobs, bring new employers to our community, and help local companies expand. But the Albuquerque metro area has always been on the forefront of innovation. So with Sandia National Laboratories here, Los Alamos National Labs just two hours away, the Air Force Research Lab, Kirtland Air Force Base, this has always been a community that is rich in scientific and technological innovation. So we've produced some of the most innovative and important scientific and technological advances that the entire country benefits from for years and years and years. So this is quite the research and development hub. And I would say our community is so used to doing the work and we hadn't necessarily been as good about talking about the work that we do. And because population wise, we're a relatively small state in comparison to our neighbors, such as Arizona, Texas, and Colorado, we find that people don't hear about New Mexico as often as they do some of these other more more large metropolitan areas. So I think in large part, our growth, especially the last couple of years, has come from people discovering the amazing assets that already exist here. We have an incredible workforce pipeline of nearly 60,000 college students in our state. We have a high concentration of PhDs as a result of our scientific and technological community. So I think there's a number of reasons that that has been on people's radars recently. And I think that that's going to continue to move forward, especially after this pandemic situation, because Albuquerque is also a low cost opportunity for both companies and talented professionals. And so for anybody who's looking for that more mid-sized, small city quality of life, where you can afford to buy a home and have a yard and um, (laughs) 
you know, businesses can get top-notch talent, especially with remote opportunities being more accessible these days, um, that this is going to continue to be the kind of place that, that both businesses and individuals seek. Yeah, particularly about the remote world and how things are shifting digitally. So where do you think some of your growth is going to come from, perhaps in some of your underexploited industries, not your scientific industries, but other industries that show a lot of strong potential, but perhaps have not been more widely known. And now considering that there could possibly be a shift, obviously there's still a lot to wait and see. There's a lot of uncertainty. The industry as a whole is looking towards trends to see what that dictates in terms of uh, relocations or anything else. Um, But what do you think some of your smaller industries or uh, potential growth markets could come from? I would say the first one that should be on everybody's radar and it's starting to get out there is our software development tech community. Um, over the last couple of years, we've seen tech employers such as Facebook put a data center in our market in the last three years. Um, we have a number of startups here. One of my favorite companies here is called RS21. They do data analytics, data science, data visualization. So we have everything from the major players, such as a Facebook, all the way up to really innovative startups that are either supporting those technologies in advanced manufacturing, directed energy, commercial space, um, and then also those software development firms that support fintech, medical tech, that kind of thing. We have robust workforce development programs here in coding boot camps. In fact, our community college, Central New Mexico Community College here was, I believe, if not the first, one of the first to launch these coding boot camps. And as a result, here we are years later with with a pretty robust um, software development talent pipeline. And so I think that specifically is one of the areas where we're going to see more growth, where companies are going to recognize that they can get top-notch software development talent in a place like Albuquerque. Um, And then I also think that there are implications for other growing industries we have. So, for example, in New Mexico, the film industry is booming. I assume most people know that Netflix put their very first corporately owned studio here within the last two years um, our film industry is just growing gangbusters. And as a result of the talent and the type of work that those professionals produce, it also lends itself to digital and emerging media, such as media arts, video gaming, that kind of thing, which then lends itself to things like serious gaming. So in the medical profession or say, um, you know, a pilot has to use simulation gaming to learn how to fly that has implications for military, for, for energy, for defense, you name it. So I think that's another one. And then commercial space is something that New Mexico is really, really on the forefront of. So you're probably hearing a lot about, you know, what Tesla's up to, SpaceX. Virgin Galactic is actually here in New Mexico. We have Spaceport America located within, um, you know, just an hour or two of the Albuquerque metro area. So we're starting to see that growth industry, which includes everything from software development to advanced manufacturing to new technologies, um, That that's a real growth sector for us here. And we have the talent already. And so I think the more that these companies see names such as Netflix, Virgin Galactic, Facebook, that kind of thing, we're, we're starting to hear from companies who are saying, wow, Albuquerque, you know, what does everyone else, what do these companies know that we don't know? Mm -hmm. So there's the intrigue and the 
uh, excitement around the fact that New Mexico's proving time and time again on not only innovation, but resiliency. Well, you know, even with some of those growth sectors that you mentioned, you know, considering the impact that uh, the pandemic has had to a lot of industries, um, a lot of those sectors you mentioned can essentially operate in the digital remote world. So it seems like it's it's putting your region in the position to be able to recover and be more resilient as we're coming out of this pandemic. Definitely. I would agree with that. Okay. And you know, most people, if you gravitate to, let's say, a big city, it's because you really want that big city lifestyle of, okay, it's fine that I'm living in a small apartment because I can just go downstairs and access all of these things like amazing restaurants and shops and that kind of thing. Well, this pandemic environment has forced people inside to where all of a sudden that 600 square foot apartment (laughs) gets small pretty quickly. Right. So my personal opinion is there's going to be some trauma from that. And I think people are going to want to have space where if we are put back into a remote environment because we're forcibly put back. They want to be in a different place where they can have a quality of life in that setting. And if, if we aren't forced back into that, I think this pandemic has also proved to many companies who were, who had to, to change and rally quickly and get used to the remote environment if they weren't already playing there. I think there's going to be some interesting data that comes out for companies too, where they reevaluate, you know, which pieces of our business can be done remotely and which pieces still need to happen in person. Obviously, that's going to be different for industries that rely heavily on people being in a space together or on foot traffic from clients coming into the space. But I I really think that we're going to see a shift. If it's not people moving out of big cities, it's going to be back toward a suburban type living environment. So I suspect that that mid-sized and smaller cities such as Albuquerque are, are absolutely going to be the beneficiaries of that. I mean, a place like Albuquerque, one of the things I love about it is I have access to all of these big city amenities, but I have no soul-crushing commute. You know, the <laughs> average commute here in a regular environment is less than 25 minutes. I live by the mountains. To be able to afford a home here is easy. I've been a homeowner since I was 25 years old here. Um, so there's a lot of things quality of life factors that that are so attractive to people and I, I think there's been a shift from what kind of job do I want and then I have to go to the place where that job exists to now what kind of life do I want because I can actually get access to those job opportunities remotely in a lot of cases. Well you know uh, this quality of life value proposition that so many cities and communities around the country waved as a banner that definition is quickly changing you know Prior to this pandemic and what this pandemic has revealed, particularly with millennials, they were moving to communities where they could have that, you know, traditional sense of quality of life, access to amenities and lifestyle choices, you know, where they could, you know, enjoy that urban lifestyle. Now what COVID is showing us is that quality of life means something totally different. And um, Perhaps the data and the trends are going to show us how people start to reevaluate what that means. You know, there was a push to coming into the inner city, into the urban core, to the downtown core, you know, away from the suburbs. And now, as you mentioned, that may swell back into the suburbs and push people further out. So that could have a lot of implications, good and bad, for a lot of different communities who 
have always had that quality of life as their banner that they, you know, so proudly wave. And then that's the bad part for them. But the good is for those communities who necessarily could not sell on that type of value proposition. Now that essentially people are seeking to have a better peace of mind, better uh, quality of life, uh, expansion and space and, you know, everything else and to be able to do so and work remotely without everything that you mentioned that comes with that typical quality of life. I think that's where the opportunities come from communities like yours, where you'll see the people start to shift and the companies start to follow them as well. Right. And I think it's important to note, I mean, even as we watch the changing trends and data, I always joke that economic development is like online dating because <laughs> every one of us has a different checklist, right? So for me, I can't imagine not living in the Southwest and the Mountain West where I'm right next to a mountain because those those are the things that matter to me, being able to mountain bike, snowboard, that kind of thing. But then there are other people who are going to go, I absolutely want to be on the East Coast or I need to be by a beach or, you know, I don't really care so much about having houses I do having access to certain amenities. So Albuquerque is certainly not going to be for everyone, but I think that a lot of people are starting to discover this place as a, whoa, why didn't, why are there not 5 million people here already? Because the weather is incredible. We get all four seasons. I've lived outside of Albuquerque, and I can tell you it's one of the things that I miss the most. Um, we have a billion-dollar arts economy here and uh, you know more than 300-year history with with a lot of cultural and historical pieces that you can feel in everything from the music to the food to the art to the architecture. And so I think now that we're getting on people's radar, they're starting to see what an interesting place this is. So I always talk about Albuquerque being the most interesting mid-sized city in America. Okay, so let's shift um, gears a bit. So where do you think that your organization will perhaps start to rethink what economic development looks like these days, particularly as these types of opportunities present themselves. Right. Our charge as an organization, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, is to recruit new employers from outside of the state and then also to help our local economic-based companies expand. And in, in a setting such as this pandemic, happen in the recession, you know, anytime there is a crisis that occurs in the community that is negatively affecting businesses and employment opportunities, I think all organizations have to do a gut check around, okay, here's what we normally offer, but what do we need to be offering our community right now to make sure that we're actively participating in keeping this community in a way that makes it as special as it is in what I would call more normal circumstances. So for example, AED, almost 20 years ago, we started an existing business development program. And so we have three consultants who have a very impressive background collectively, everything from standing up major manufacturing operations around the world to being, um, you know, CFPs and CFOs of companies and starting actually some of our local incentive programs. So they know so much about not only running a company, but starting a company and then how to scale within the state based on the programs and the guidelines and regulations that exist here specifically. And so our team 
has always been doing this kind of work where we're out helping existing businesses, but we recognized really quickly early on that, hey, we're going to have to mobilize and probably double down on this work. So more people on what I would call the recruitment side of our team, those of us who tend to spend more time generating leads outside, have shifted to make sure that we are helping these local companies access whatever possible program they might need right now, either to stay in business or there's also the dichotomy of, of this pandemic has led to some companies growing so quickly because of what they offer or manufacture that they need help on that side as well. So it's everything from accessing capital to connecting with our, our changing incentive programs daily. You know, a lot of communities, including Albuquerque, are coming up with really innovative programs to try and provide grants to local small businesses, to restaurants, to any of those um, what I would call special interest industries that are being hugely affected right now. Um, but even over, you know, the last 20 years here, we have been able to um, help. I actually have the numbers, I think. So we've been able to help more than 2,150 companies, just local companies in Albuquerque. Wow. And those awards have, you know, we have a really robust training program incentive program here called the job training incentive program. And so we've helped a, a lot of companies access that. So for example, just from that one program of the, the companies that AED has assisted, those awards have provided for over 11,000 jobs with an estimated payroll of over $431 million. So wow. it is, it is imperative that we are constantly thinking about retention and our own companies even in the normal course of business, but especially now, we have to be helping and preserving what makes our, our community so special. Absolutely. So retention first at home base, so retention of your talent, retention of existing businesses, and then also, obviously, recruitment from other markets uh, of both talent and businesses as well seems to be where uh, your sweet spot and, and the biggest opportunities are for Albuquerque and your region. Definitely. And the talent attraction piece is interesting. Um, so much like companies are starting to hear about Albuquerque, so are professionals across the country looking for this kind of lifestyle. And so I've increasingly heard from people even personally through LinkedIn over the last 12 months, a major uptick in people saying, I'm really interested in moving to Albuquerque. Can you tell me more? Can you connect me with job opportunities? That kind of thing, which is really exciting. Wow. Okay. So um, even when we're out of this pandemic, we should be seeing a lot more growth from your region. Absolutely. I, I believe that we are in a position not only because of where we're located geographically, we have a lot of solar and wind. Um, so any companies looking for, you know, that better energy footprint, which is basically everybody now, <laughs> um, that's a poll here. Um, but there are just, there's so many things about this place that are interesting. And there's so many things that can't be described on a piece of paper or on a marketing material. It truly, <laughs> you have to be here and experience it to experience what I call that magic. And so I think that's why, you know, our tourism numbers are through the roof the last couple of years, because people are seeing that they come here and then New Mexico gets in their bones and they can't <laughs> forget about it. So many people just end up making their lives here as a result of, of maybe coming here on vacation or being exposed to this place for, for something. But also we have a strong history 
here of resiliency. I think occasionally we can feel like the underdogs, you know, because we're yeah. a smaller community yeah. sandwiched in between these massive metro areas like Phoenix and Denver and Austin. Um, but that has its perks for sure, because a lot of people want to come be a big fish in a small pond, or a lot of people really want to to be on the forefront of what's next, like what's the hot new place. And, and so I think Albuquerque is pretty primed to attract that kind of investment and those kinds of, of professionals. Okay, so I have two more questions um, from a few things that you mentioned. Uh, does your region, does Albuquerque tend to attract uh, businesses that are exiting California and looking for new markets, but particularly may not be looking to come too far east, but still stay close enough to the region? Do you tend to get a lot of that? Yes, we do. So we spend a lot of time in San Francisco and Los Angeles with companies that are looking for expansion opportunities outside of California. Okay. And um, since uh, you said film is a big um, industry in your market, um, and then obviously with all of the gaming that can come from that, does your state offer film incentives? Yes, we have one of the most celebrated film incentives in the country um, through the New Mexico Film Office. So if anybody's interested in what that looks like, you can you can find more information at the New Mexico Film Office website, which is nmfilm.com. But it's a 25% tax credit on production in New Mexico. And another thing that makes New Mexico really special for the film industry is our state topography, the geography yes. of the state, yeah. is so diverse and incredible. You go south, it looks like a desert. Yeah. You can pretend that it's Mexico. If you're in, in the central region, you know, we're part of the Rocky Mountain chains. There's been a lot of movies filmed here where... Um, they're using the mountains in Albuquerque as Afghanistan, you know, so yeah. there's a lot of productions can make it look like things are, are being filmed in multiple locations when in fact they're all being filmed in New Mexico. Yeah, your landscape is very incredible um, as a backdrop. So I totally yeah. agree with that. <laughs> yeah, so we, we're lucky to have that magical asset as part of that industry. Good. Well, it's been a pleasure hearing from you and thank you for contributing uh, some of your thoughts to the podcast. Thank you so much for inviting us and giving Albuquerque a little bit of showcase. <laughs> Our pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in to the Economic Development Podcast presented by Blueprint Creative Group. There's more episodes featuring economic development leaders throughout the country, and we thank all of the participants for sharing their perspectives. Check out all of the episodes in this series at blueprintcreativegroup.com slash economic development.